We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The Voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. I'm Lizzie and I'm here in the studio with Sammy. Up next, we've got our interview with the wonderful Miss Cairo. Miss Cairo has performed all around the world in many mediums and art forms with a unique care for her audiences. She's also well known locally as the founding director of the People of Cabaret, an organisation dedicated to amplifying, uplifting, nurturing and supporting artists who are Indigenous and or Black and or people of colour who work in cabaret. Her solo cabaret show, Breast Become Her, will be at Trades Hall for the Melbourne Fringe Festival from the 15th to the 22nd of October. You can find out more from Melbourne Fringe's website or breastbecomeher.org. Here we go. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Your solo show, Breast Become Her, is about a week away from opening night at Fringe. How are you feeling about it? Pretty good. Um, I finished the script on Monday and I'm so excited to uh, actually show everyone the show. Yeah, it's going to be fabulous. Awesome. For our listeners who might not know, could you tell us a little bit about the show? So uh, Breast Becomes Her is my solo debut cabaret show. And it delves into uh, the big question asking, when do I become a woman? The title was inspired by the 1992 critically award-winning show Death Becomes Her, starring Meryl Streep and Goldie Horn. I talk about equal pay. I talk about reparations. I talk about uh, trans rights. Um, and basically my experience from uh, transitioning my gender, but also from different countries. And yeah, it's a lot of comedy as well. Kind of interesting, like you're... A lot of your work is always like very based in humor. Do you find it hard to like kind of juggle that with some heavier themes if you go into them or is it quite a natural writing process for you? It's been interesting because I wanted to make my first like debut, um, especially in Australia, to be not as heavy as the work that I do kind of outside um, the realms of um, with cabaret. It was quite easy to find the comedy because like gender inequality is absolutely absurd anyway. Um, and the rules that um, men and women and, and other folk have to follow is ridiculous. So it's not hard finding the comedy in all of those things. I think as well, there's a lot of pathos in the show. Um, so I've really wanted to make sure that there is a good blend of, you know, the heaviness and the, and the lightness. Um, and the more lightness that's in there, the heavier, the heavier moments are. Um, and I don't have to have too many in there to really make a point. Yeah, I, comedy comedy does come naturally to me. Not in necessarily in a writing capacity. This is a very new experience for me. But the way I created the show, I you know first looked at all of the uh, individual solo cabaret acts that I've done and tried to piece them together with a narrative. Now, all of that's changed <laughs> um, and I've created and developed new stuff. Um, but being able to find the links um, has actually been the most joyous part of it. And really, you know, picking apart my story and applying it to the themes of the show and also, you know, the themes within in the individual pieces of work as well. I want to circle back because you mentioned Death Becomes Her is a, a big inspiration. 
was the inspiration just in kind of like tone and style or are there kind of some overlapping themes? Number one, the reason why I chose Death Becomes Her or Breast Becomes Her was because it was just a great pun. Um, but I really love um, Death Becomes Her because it has old Hollywood glamour. It has, um, it, it's criticising the like heteronormative patriarchy. I mean, I've watched the film years and years ago, but going back and, and finding the other things. And I, like, I love the film because it's just so self-aware. It knows what it's talking about. I don't, it's probably one of the least problematic films out there. Like, you know, there's a bit of fat phobia in there. That's uh, definitely from the, the times it was at. It weirdly empowers and uplifts women um, and picks apart the kind of absurdity of the patriarchy and what the expectations of womanhood are. Uh, you know, we have uh, Madeline who is trying to chase youth and beauty and we've got Helen who's trying to ch- chase the man and chase love and that kind of affirmation validation. Yeah, it was it was a good springboard to start from, but I don't reference the film that much. I do do a Cliff Notes version for those of you who haven't seen the film, um, and I use uh, Parts of My Body, um, starring Meryl Teat and Goldie Hawn, um, and there's another guest appearance, which you'll have to come and find out uh, in the show. Yeah, and also as well, there's a little reference with Liesl um, when she gives the uh, potion of eternal youth and it's got an unk on it, which is an Egyptian symbol. So I was like, okay, cool. It's definitely meant to be that I'm meant to be picking picking that show apart. Um, and it also contains hot zombies. And who doesn't love a hot zombie? Now, I understand from your previous work, you worked a lot with people at Cabaret, doing a lot of collaborative stuff. So what was it like for you developing a, a solo show? It has been so scary, but so rewarding. Um, I've got such an amazing team of people who are all uh, predominantly uh, women, trans women, non-binary folk, queer folk, neurodivergent, people of colour. Um, I've really made sure that everyone I've brought on to the project, um, kind of it, we're in the same community in some capacity. Um, and I've had some help from so many amazing, amazing artists. Like I decided to do the show last year when I was like, rip the band-aid off, just sign up, do a Melbourne Fringe show. And I said to myself, oh, it's fine. I will create the show in a week before Fringe. I am so grateful that I didn't do that because, I mean, I've been working on this uh, probably about four or five months. I mean, I've obviously been doing work over the last year, but I uh, did a fantastic writing workshop with Bridie Kimmings in the UK this year. And it really helped me look at how to construct a show um, from start to finish. So having a framework like that was really helpful to not not feel overwhelmed. And like I said, I had all my individual acts that I kind of looked and picked apart and saw what the, the pro- progression was. And it was basically understanding how to get to A to B to C to D to Z. It's been really lovely to be able to invest all my time and energy into one project, into one thing. Um, and not kind of be overwhelmed of having to like run British because I want to make sure that I'm either getting other people's opinions or I'm making sure that the work that I'm doing is co- being communicated in the, in the correct way. I did a preview a few weeks ago at Geelong Arts Centre, supported by Geelong Rainbow. And the feedback session was absolutely beautiful. All uh, LGBT folk, uh, non-binary folk, trans, trans folk. And to know that I'm reaching community is really, it's amazing. But also the show is about not reaching people who aren't in my community as well, because I talk about allyship. 
that was one of the big things for me moving into kind of being a doing a solo show you know I do a lot of advocacy and activism in the industry and it becomes really exhausting and I wanted to create a show that doesn't talk about that it doesn't utilize that however (laughs) naturally who I am um we I'm you know creating a show that that picks apart that but it turns it on its head as well it's not just about you know here are the things that you can do it's really about kind of positioning my voice um not just a an advocate or a spokesperson for my communities it's actually talking about me as a human um but yeah it's been it's been exciting I'm really proud of the work um I'm really weirdly shocked that I've created this but also you know from after being a performer for god 25 years I shouldn't be that shocked (laughs) yeah can you hear more about you mentioned the the preview shows how has that kind of process been and is there any more kind of like insights you gain from it yeah the previews have been really helpful for me well number one get rid of those unrelenting perfectionist standards you know it was really nice to be able to say you know, this bit's not done yet. Um, this is what this is going to look like. Um, and people still be on the journey. And for me to be able to st- still convey the, commu- the the message that I'm trying to convey and then getting it still fill me with, with a lot of confidence. It was also nice to see kind of where my nerves are sitting as well. Like when I'm singing, when I sing the songs, I am perfect. It's brilliant. But as soon as I get an audience in front of me, I, um, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and I, you know, go sing in a different key so it was nice to assess where we were at with that one so I know that it's something uh that I just need to kind of keep an eye on I did another preview the other day I completely messed up the times and dates so I only had one person turn up but that was really nice to be able to um actually have like an intimate moment with with someone I bet they had a great time the free private performance (laughs) yeah (laughs) And I understand that it's early days still as the show hasn't properly started yet. But from your experience of nurturing and creating Breast Become Her, do you see yourself doing another solo show in the future? Well, funny should ask this. I've got a five-year plan for Breast Becomes Her. I'll be doing the Fringe Circuits next year. Then hopefully I'll be able to secure theatre venues to, to buy the show out. Um, and then the plan of that is to turn Breast Becomes Her into a ensemble variety night. So it'd be working with other artists, working with community. But in the meantime, when I take this show to Edinburgh next year, I'm going to be, and I'm saying this on air, so it means I'm going to have to do it now, creating a new show called I'm Not Your Daddy Anymore, which picks apart my relationship with my father, um, looking at sex and culture um, as a person of colour. Because in Breast Becomes Her, I don't talk about being a person of colour as much because it was something that I'm very exhausted having to talk about um, especially over the last couple of years um, and I found, find that gender is a bit more of a universal experience um, eh, than being a person of colour I think that's um, very nuanced and you, you actually need kind of more space and more time to conversations where I think you can be a bit more universal a bit more generic when it comes to, to gender um, especially, you know, when I'm talking about my own. So yeah, there'll be, um, you know, I've, I've I've also got like several other ideas for shows and shows t- show titles in the future. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm finding a nice, you know, formula without being formulaic, um, which you know looks at telling my story. And I think that's been one of the great things with Breast Becomes Her. It's been really nice to connect with my life story. 
you know, it's very chaotic. It's There's a lot of trauma in there. Um, and I deliberately didn't want to talk about too much trauma in this show. Um, you know, we've had a heavy couple of years with the pa- pandemic um, and I wanted my introduction to, to Melbourne and, um, and this show to be a bit more um, lighter. Yeah, it's, it's just been really nice to um, kind of sit with myself as well and slightly romanticise my experience, but also, um, you know, there's been times where I've, you know, remembered things and been like, oh, okay, cool, maybe that's a whole show that I need to write about. That's good to hear, though. So there's more ambitions with this show. What are you hoping people kind of generally take away from Breast Become Her? Number one, I want people to have fun. I want people to feel something. I don't care what it is, but just feel something. I want people to be able to question who they are and be comfortable with that. I want people to come away with more kind of resources or more get up and go to help other communities that they're not part of. And I want people who are part of my community to feel seen, represented and to feel heard. Because I think a lot of us don't get to see ourselves in the media portrayed in the way that is empowering or the way that we want. So yeah, and I think you're all probably going to leave a little bit horny as well. You might get to see my boobs, who knows? Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this officially? I think you should all come to see the show because it is going to be fantastic. Um, There are so many other great shows as well. So make a whole evening of it. Um, The Melbourne Fringe opened yesterday. So there are, I think, 471 shows. So make sure that mine is at the top of your list. What a beautiful sentiment to end on, Ms. Cairo. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners find you on, on social media? So you can add me on Instagram, Pretty Miss Cairo. And you can also follow the show account, which is Breasts Become Her. I have a website, which is www.breastbecomesher.org. I chose org because it's like orgasm. And if you're looking for tickets, you can just go on the Melbourne Fringe website. You can also go via my website, pop in your email address and then it will take you through uh, automatically to the Melbourne Fringe page Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin I'm Lizzie here with Sammy today Coming up we've got an interview with the talented Dirty Versace Their show Astronauti will be on the 14th of October at Pride of our Footscray for the Melbourne Fringe Festival Here they are I'm Dirty Versace and I'm a drag queen, music producer, singer. Um, yeah, I've been doing this. I launched my first single as Dodi Versace last year, um, which was a single called Sticky Fingers. And yeah, um, I've just been having a lot of fun this year, playing a lot of gigs. Um, it's been good to get back into playing live shows since the big uh, lockdown. But yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, awesome. And I guess um, quite generally, what would you want people to come away with when they experience Dodi Versace, whether that be kind of the music videos or going to a live show? So my whole vibe with Dodi Versace is that I'm an alien um, who is assimilating as a drag queen. So there's a lot of spacey vibes. Um, And yeah, I kind of... I feel like I've kind of built this world around Dirty Versace as a form of like escapism and like um, I love like drawing on fantasy elements and yeah I think I if 
when people go to a, an event of mine, I kind of, I like to feel like they can feel safe and to express themselves and to, yeah, just to be themselves. What kind of drew you to that kind of like alien, intergalactic, most futuristic kind of imagery? So at the core of it, I feel like um, with my queer experience, I am like coming out and things, I felt uh, quite alienated and like alone a lot, um, a lot of the time. So I kind of like drew on a lot of those experiences, um, feeling like an outsider, but kind of like channeled them in a positive way um, through the persona of Dodi Versace. So for me, it comes from uh, kind of a very deep space of just reclaiming a lot of things that I've gone through. So yeah, that's where the the twist is with the Dodi Versace experience. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's a really cool idea as well. It's like alienation becoming high concept alien. Yeah. <laughs> pretty literal (laughs) it's fun though would you say your like approach to creating art has changed at all for Dodi Versace compared to like past projects and monikers you've worked on yes I um so far I've with Dodi Versace I've I'm really trying to dive deep into uh like because I'm trying to avoid doing like the super diva songs and um I'm more trying to focus on like what's at the core of my experience as a queer person. So I I kind of channel a lot of my vulnerabilities into my creative work. Um, it kind of started during lockdown where I had the concept to start Dirty Versace. And when I started writing, I started writing all of the, what I expected a, a drag queen diva-esque pers- persona would write as but as I progressed like writing more songs I kind of felt like at the core of that underneath the like the ultra diva kind of persona was like a lot of vulnerability so I kind of wanted to draw more onto that in this project yeah awesome the music production for Dodi Versace is great it's very like retro house and then kind of laced with some modern pop feels um and that kind of includes a lot of synthesizer uh and yeah, we talked a lot about on this show before how synth is often kind of associated with queer music scenes. Yep. And there's even like musicians and engineers like Wendy Carlos, who are, you know, trans people that were a part of the history of synthesis in music. Um, so yeah, with all of that in mind, kind of what draws you to synth? That's a cool question. I love synthesizers. Around my room is like where I make music and have like a lot of synths here that I adore. I'm really drawn to like 80s synthesizers. So I have like a JX3P, which was uh, one of the first polyphonic synthesizers. Um, And my favorite synth that I have is a DSI, uh, Dave Smith Instrument um, Tempest, um, which is a drum machine and a like synth hybrid thing, which is, so I can do synth, create synths on it and also drums and it's analog. For me, the core of like Dirty Versace, like I spend a lot of energy creating the music and um, I use pretty much mostly outboard gear to create all of my synths. Not to say that that's the, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to make music um, and soft synths are really cool as well, but I'm really drawn to um, hardware synthesizers because I feel like there's an energy in them. Um, I've forgotten your question, but I, yeah, I just really love synthesizers and 
I feel like there's a calling there for me as an as a producer to explore um, electronic music and yeah, just I love I love producing music like that's my main thing. Yeah, awesome. So you have Astronauty coming up real soon. Yeah, very keen to talk about that in a bit. But in general, how has the forming been this year? It's been really cool. I had a funny launch with Dirty Versace because when we first started, um, when I first when I released my first three singles, we were still in lockdown. But it's only this year that I've been able to get back into performing live. So we recently had um, my first proper full live show, which was called The Birth of Dirty Versace. Um, and we're kind of like rebooting it in a different format for Astro Naughty. Um, at Pride of Effort Gray, part of Fringe Festival. So, yeah, I'm really excited for it. And it's, yeah, it's coming up. Crazy. Yeah, I guess let's talk about it. Astronauty, 14th of October, Pride of Effort Gray for the Fringe Festival. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? Feeling good. Um, we have a really cool lineup, um, which includes um, Loxie, who is the choreographer that I work with on my set. Um, Loxie is also doing a live performance. We also have Dean Tai coming from Sydney um, and Angelina Biscotti, who is um, doing a spoken word slash poetry thing. And we also have DJ Tiny Text. So it's a pretty cool lineup. Oh, and me. Um, yeah. So, and it's at Pride of Our Foot Scrape. Come on, if I said yeah, that. Yeah, awesome. But yeah. I love, um, it's becoming like quite a thing as well, which is really cool that, um, people are less afraid to kind of make a gig that will have like musicians and like spoken word artists and all a bunch of different types of performers there rather than being like this is strictly more of a music gig and this is a you know drag event um, yeah I love the blending of it all yeah I'm all about cross-pollination um, I think I'm more interested in just like creating a really cool vibe for an event um, and I feel like the three band lineup has its place but I'm kind of just more interested in exploring like ways that we can get artists from different, um, I don't know, just doing different things and just kind of mushing them together as part of an overall experience for an event. So that's what I'm interested in doing for my events. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you just said, collaborating and showcasing artists and performers in the community, in the queer community, it's a big part of your work. Um, is there anyone in the music or drag scenes right now, I guess just generally, um, that you'd really love to work with? Ooh, okay. I'm a big fan of July. Uh, did a, a set as part of the birth of Dodi Versace. Um, so I was involved in that event. And I was really blown away by his energy and performance. So yeah, I think July is really cool. Is there any larger projects you're working on? Ooh, larger projects. So at the moment I'm working on a lot of new music. Um, and I'm, I have a few collaborations uh, that are happening. But yeah, I've just been pulling back on performing a, a little bit this year. So I've got a few gigs lined up for this year um, and early next year. But yeah, at the moment, I'm just writing a lot, like writing a lot of music, trying to kind of like re-vision where I'm going with Dodi Versace and the kinds of music that I want to explore. And yeah, so... That's what I'm working on at the moment. Just lots of new music. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, where can people find you online to keep up with uh, you and make sure they're there for when that new music drops? You can come to my Instagram. Um, if you just type in Dodi Versace, you'll find me. 
Awesome. And then uh, as well, really quick, where can people go to find tickets for Astronauti? So tickets for Astronauti are available on the Fringe website. If you type in Astronauti Fringe um, into Google, it'll pop up. Um, or you can like search on the Fringe website. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I hope you all have an amazing day, night, or whatever, whenever you see this. Nice. <laughs> yeah, amazing. All right. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Um, we're going to give your track Rainbow Light Beam a spin now. Is there anything you want to tell listeners about it before we jump in? Yeah, sure. So Rainbow Light Beam was definitely a lockdown song. Um, but I, I wrote this song about... Uh, the, like trying to connect with a lover, but they're just like on a different plane to you. So I, yeah. And also wanted to write a song with the words Rainbow Light Beam in it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Daddy Versace with Rainbow Light Beam. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Hello and welcome back to Loud and Queer at Sin. I'm Lizzie and I'm in the studio with Sammy today. We just heard the song Rainbow Light Beam by Dirty Versace. Up next, we've got our interview with Dian Tai. Dian Tai is a musician, performer, event producer, and he's also the founder of Worship Queer Collective. He's got a new EP out on the 9th of November, so keep an eye out for that. And he's also going to be appearing at Astronauty. He's got an upcoming show, uh, Dynasty, Drag and Dumplings, and that will be on the 21st of October for the Melbourne Fringe Festival at Trades Hall. Thank you so much for coming on to Loud and Queer. Yay, thanks for having me. So yeah, your latest single, We Can't Forget, has been out for a little while now. Um, how have you felt the reception has been to it? Yeah, like to be honest, I'm just really grateful for, you know, everyone who has shared and listened to the track because, you know, this is like, for me, We Can't Forget. This is a very important song for me because creatively and musically, I collaborated with the incredible Mindy Meng Wang, who's an award-winning Gujang artist based in Narm. And then, you know, we collaborated and I got the recordings from Mindy and it was released during um, the Generations Music Fellowship. So I was lucky enough to be one of the three people selected for this prestigious fellowship by the Powerhouse Museum, Create New South Wales and Astral People. So it was written during the fellowship. And and the music video as well, I, I filmed it at the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney because um, I wanted to take a bit of that experience with me, you know, because I would, would have loved to be there forever, but like it was only for six months and I managed to capture, um, yeah, did the music video there with my community. So it's been really great, like just the people involved and also the reception has been really good as well. Yeah, keen to ask about the music video and kind of more about how it came together because it is such a good clip. Yeah, so so with the music video, it was actually filmed at the Powerhouse uh, Museum Creative Residency Studios. Um, it's actually, you know, in, in real life, it's a very grungy, industrial-looking spot. It's like under the bridge in, in Piermont. And, like, so I wanted to create this clip where, because the song's really about being hurt, being hurt by rejection, but you can find comfort by being alone and finding your tribe and your community. So we wanted to capture this music video where you walk into like this, you know, rave by yourself and then you meet all your tribe there and all your friends there. So we transformed the space with like beautiful pink, purple lighting. It, it became like an outdoor rave and like, and everyone involved, they actually have been 
um, you know, they're good friends of mine. And in, in one way or another, we've supported each other's art practice and music. Um, because I'm also the founder of Worship Queer Collective, which is a queer Asian artist-led and cutie pop-led um, collective in, in Sydney. And a lot of the people in my music video, I've supported and like given opportunities and they've also now supported me in return. So it's a beautiful relationship and a beautiful community that we've captured in a music video. Yeah. And like speaking about that idea of building community as well, recent singles you've been putting out have had really great features. Yeah. I mean, for me, music can be quite, um, as a solo artist, you know, it can be quite isolating sometimes. And I find that, you know, in the, in, in my recent releases, whenever I can, just collaborate with other people. I, you know, I like to, that's how you learn. I feel like that's the best way to learn. You know, Mindy has brought such incredible energy, you know, with like the Gujang, incredible talent because we're all about, I feel like Mindy and I, when we first started talking, we wanted to like bring traditional Chinese music into like Western contemporary electronic or whatever genre it is. And Mindy's the best person to do that. And, you know, Jamaica, you know, such a trailblazer, such a powerful force, you know, in the queer and art scene and, and the ballroom scene as well. I've been fortunate enough to also collaborate with Jamaica. And you'll find that um, my next few releases from my upcoming EP called Empress will also have collaborations with other incredible um, particularly cutie pop artists, so queer people of color, um, artists who, you know, I, I just love to like be able to relate to their narrative and their stories. Um, even though we come from different backgrounds, you know, being people of color, we, you know, have a lot of shared experiences. And those are the things that I really wanted to focus on with my music and my EP, which is coming out in November. Super excited. Yeah. Well, definitely keen to ask more about the EP a month away yeah what can you tell us about it <laughs> yeah so um the empress ep which will be out on november 9th um so it's a collection of songs that i've written during the powerhouse fellowship and for me it's it marks my return not look you know you would know that i've i've released music every now and then but like i'm pursuing it really seriously now so i come i did this six month fellowship where it was like every single day i committed to going to the studio and writing you know i spent a lot of time upskilling myself as a music producer and for me like i am actually going back into music now because um and i don't know if we've spoken about this but music used to scare me I was really scared by the music industry and this, which is why I went into drag. I started doing cabaret, you know, because I found a very welcoming community there, but I've, I've always been a musician first and foremost before anything else. And basically with this EP, I'm going back seriously, you know, it's ride or die 100% commitment to music. That's the Empress EP. And it has collaborations with, you know, people like Salvage, um, this incredible First Nations DJ and producer. And the focus track from the EP um, is called Do It For You. Um, it features the wonderful Anso, um, which is a South Korean-Australian um, experimental electronic artist. So this is going to be like, I'm, I'm so excited for the world to hear this. Oh, such good features. And yeah, that sounds so good. Cannot wait. Um, yeah, and... and... What you're saying, I mean, I think like people 
are going to love you. Whatever you do, you're amazing at everything. But um, it's really great to hear that music's going to become a real focus and kind of has been this year. Yeah, I think the what there no, number of things that contributed to it. You know, um, the fellowship that I did because you know, like I was saying, music scared me, and I've always just yeah, let's release a track every like six months or so. Um, but you know, and then I applied for this incredible opportunity, and the fact that you know, create New South Wales, which is like the arts body in New South Wales and like astral people, they picked me to be in this fellowship. It just made me believe in myself a lot more. And it's made me quite like more fearless and authentic to what I create, what I produce. So I, I'm ready. Like for me now, now is right now is the moment. And, and also, you know what, on the side, I, you know, like a lot of other musicians, I've had the comfort of having a day job. Um, it's it's hard being a, a self-funded um, independent musician. So I've always had a day job to support myself. But I got made redundant um, recently. So um, you know what? But I'm actually really excited because the next six months will all will be about my music, will be about a lot of incredible events that will be happening. I'm committing to like doing music for at least six months. Um, yeah, so it's it's now like all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Yeah, awesome. Well, sorry sorry to hear that you've been made redundant. That that sucks. <laughs> Look, it's. I feel like it's a blessing that this might be the push that I need. Only one way to find <laughs> out, you know, we'll find out in the next six months. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love that also like while you've been doing this all this year kind of working on yourself and your own music that yeah things like the worship queer collective have still been pretty central and you're still been kind of creating that um space and that community in music even though you said before that originally you couldn't quite find it so yeah that's that's really cool yeah i mean you know apart from music the collective is very important to me. So I'm the founder of this queer Asian artist-led collective and we produce inclusive arts, cultural, music events. And for me, that's very important. We've only been doing this for a bit. It's not even a year yet because we're celebrating our one-year um, birthday in November as well. Um, so it's only been less than 12 months, but the collective has really grown and our events have been sold out. And it really shows that we need more events and inclusive spaces where we can bring community together and and most importantly i feel like we need more opportunities for culturally diverse um, queer artists to create new work and we have an audience who want to see themselves on stage through these artists work you know so i feel like that's the reason why we've been able to do what we do um, yeah, so that's very important to me, and it's central to a lot of the things that I do. How we can, how I can, through events or music, empower the community, and by doing so, I'm kind of like empowering myself as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, this might be a good time to ask about. Well, if you want to tell us anything more about the Worship Queer Collective, we'd love to hear it. But kind of more by extension, how these kind of events came about from that, and then particularly like Dynasty. Yeah. So um, with with you know, with Worship Queer Collective, um, we've got, you know, a couple of events. So we've got the larger cultural events that, you know, we creatively then try to bring all art forms together. For example, 
Um, Lunar New Year is a big one. So we always do a queer Lunar New Year party. So this year was the year of the tiger. So it was called Tiger Queen. <laughs> Next year is the year of the rabbit. So we call Space Rabbit. So Lunar New Year is a big one. Um, we recently hosted during Ghost Month, which is an actual like celebration in a lot of like East Southeast Asian cultures. So we did like uh, a ghost festival, a queer ghost festival. So that was very well received, and I performed um, as Monkey King, an interpretation of Monkey King. Um, you know, and and those events have been so well received by community because, especially like queer community, um, you know, who are cutie pock. So important. Um, so Dynasty is a monthly social event that we also do where we platform new and emerging anyone who identifies as queer and Asian can come and perform and like perform their new work. But I am actually the most excited about um, <laughs> this upcoming Melbourne Fringe event that we'll be doing because we've always been based in Sydney, but for the first time with support from Melbourne Fringe Festival, we've actually been invited to premiere Dynasty Dragon Dumplings at Melbourne Fringe Festival on October 21st. Um, if I can share a bit more details about that. So that's, you know, um, basically an, a cabaret night featuring uh, an all-queer Asian cast um, with, like, drag, live music, dance, and everything. And we're, we'll feed everyone dumplings as well. We'll feed everyone fresh, handmade dumplings. And our resident chef is actually traveling from Sydney <laughs> to Melbourne in a van and cooking fresh at Trades Hall. So I'm super excited about that. This is our first time performing in, in Melbourne. And we actually have like, and you know, this is like everything that I've ever wanted to have. Because we actually have like local performance as well. Aisha Buffet and Kiana from House of Divine will be performing. And we've got performance from Sydney. And we've got um, a drag king as well um, traveling from Canberra so we actually you know what we've got like queer Asian cast from across Australia um, and that's happening on ju just for one night on October 21st so if you're listening please come and check it out um, it'll be amazing I promise <laughs> yeah definitely definitely jump onto the fringe site and check that one out to get the full details um, looks like it's going to be a really fun night uh, but yeah also while we're here I want to ask about Astronauty um, yeah, how are you feeling about that other show? Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to be invited to perform with um, Dirty Versace and and Lachlan, Lockie as well. They, they've been so generous and they've invited me to perform at Astronauti. So it's happening on October 14th. Um, so this show will be slightly different because my Melbourne Fringe premiere for Dynasty with an all-queer Asian cast is is part of our movement and it's more like, drag group production spots whereas on october 14th is a live music event still still you know i always bring the drag but that's more of like you know um, a more intimate performance for me and that's happening on october 14th um, also part of melbourne fringe festival yeah so everyone next week you can go um to astronauti to get a, a bit of a taster and then uh yeah make sure you're there for dynasty yeah, come to both. They're, they're both very different and we'll feed you at Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get things like, you know, and the good thing is, oh, have I mentioned that all the food will be plant-based as well so everyone can actually eat it. So we're remaking things like, um, you know, uh, shumai and dumplings and they'll all be like plant-based and 
something that is very hard to make plant-based, mango crepes with fresh cream. It'll be vegan as well. So it's all very delicious. And the last time we did something like this was for um, our Sydney premiere was sold out across three nights. So I promise you it will be good. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've had experience with this. Yeah, incredible. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Um, where can people find you online to keep up? And yeah, where can they go find tickets to Dynasty? Yeah, so to get t- tickets to Dynasty Dragon Dumpling, just head over to Melbourne Fringe's website and just look up Dynasty Dragon Dumplings. Um, if you want to find out more about me and follow my music, you can look me up Tai on Instagram um, and follow me on Spotify as well. There'll be like new music coming out very soon. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything else you'd want to add before we wrap up? Um, no, I just wanted to say before I wrap up, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show because, you know, as you know, an artist performing, touring in, in um, doing a show in Melbourne. Like, I'm just really grateful that you've invited me to come on and like, yeah, and great work to, you know, for, for, for as a queer artist to have this platform. So thank you so much. Of course, no worries. And thank you so much for being a queer artist and, and you know, making work and putting it out there because we, as a show, wouldn't exist, wouldn't have much interesting to do without queer artists making cool stuff for us to talk to and talk with. So yeah, thank you so much. Go go both ways. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.